welcome to season three of the ABCs to live your dope life. I am your host, Marin McHugh, and I am so grateful you are here. This season is all about collaboration and community, as most episodes will be a live recording on the online yoga platform, Superseed, and you can join us live to listen in and contribute with questions in the Q&A portion of the conversation. Expect raw, real, and vulnerable discussions as we support each other in bringing our whole selves into the present moment and display more of what we all have in common, a desire for safe connection and a longing for a space where support, diversity, and growth is nurtured and encouraged. So get cozy, take a few slow, nourishing breaths, and ask your heart to open. Let's get started. Thank you for joining us. So good to see your faces. Yeah. Hello, hello. Uh, we will officially get started in, let's say like in, in one minute. I'm kind of a, a stickler for time uh, in general, just because I like to start on time and I like to finish when I said I was going to finish. So, um, and to be completely honest, I often go over. So that was a little bit of a lie. I like to start on time. <laughs> I like to take longer. Uh, and it's always and perfect <laughs> and it's always perfect yeah yeah all right we've got a few more people coming in here so as we get settled uh i will ask that everyone um for now keeps their um mute button lit up uh, our our container or structure for the evening is the first 30 minutes Beth and I will engage in, in what is a live podcast recording, uh, diving into a topic that we would, well, if we were just hanging out, we would, but also when we've, we've done podcast recordings together, this is the type of thing that we like to do. And we just thought, well, how fun would it be to do this? Well, with a group, uh, being able to not only listen for the first little bit as we flesh out a topic, but then to be invited into an open discussion to add questions or what, what's alive in you, um, anything you want to contribute, anything at all. And yeah, it's, so it's very collaborative and flexible and, um, and it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, so if anybody else does end up joining us tonight, uh, I will potentially repeat some of these uh, just guidelines so that everyone's on the same page as they enter. Uh, and the other thing I would suggest as well is that because we are waiting until the, the latter half of the call to open the discussion, I really encourage you to have a pen and paper nearby so that if something does pop up, maybe we say a word or there's a sentence or you have a feeling or a memory or anything at all, to be able to capture it. Take note of it, whether you share that with us after or not, it's not really the point. These are little trailheads that take you deeper into your own self-inquiry. So just with that kind of intention of uh, what sparks your curiosity, what's alive in you as you listen or notice what arises. And, uh, and then we'd love to hear what you have to share or any questions you have after, yeah. All right. So. A uh, quick introduction. My name is Marin McHugh. Uh, I am a teacher on the Supersede platform. I teach Yoga Nidra. 
I have a coaching business. Um, I, I'm obsessed with breathing and the nervous system and all things esoteric and spiritual, not because I necessarily believe in it. I just find it very fascinating. And uh, I don't know why I needed to even say that. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but for me, I grew up with a lot of mental health struggles. And so what I love about spirituality and yoga in general is that now when my mind wanders, it wanders to really fascinating and interesting things. So I've, I've really retrained uh, what I pay attention to and what I think about because of experiences like this. So thank you for being here tonight. And uh, again, I'm just really excited to see what happens. So Beth, I'll hand it over to you if you'd like to do a little intro. A little intro of myself. Yeah, I'm yeah. Beth. Uh, I'm a yoga teacher. Um, and I started to proceed yoga because I really wanted a place um, where I felt that it would be easy to connect with others, um, not only in the practice of asana, um, but moving into breath practices, concentration practices, meditation practices, and then um, facilitate space for, for conversations around the bigger concepts that come up through all of those practices, um, a safe space, um, yeah. That's, that's who I am. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, episode three of this little project we've got going on. And I'll give you some context into tonight's topic. Uh, it really popped up for me uh, in actually in our last recording, I think it was this last one, where the word perfect was used so many times in so many different ways. And I just became really curious about that, of the different ways we were using it. it was, sometimes it was positive, sometimes it was negative, some, sometimes it was something you can never reach. You know, it was uh, high, um, hyperbolic often, right? Being used in a way where like, well, that's not really what I meant. It's just like, that's the word I use because it's this nice exaggeration that uh, we throw around all the time, right? I'm dead tired. Well, are you really, right? I'm as fast as the wind what does that mean right we say these things that are just kind of an analogy but it's it's hyperbolic and that's one of the first things one of my teachers said when i broached this topic with her about what do you think about perfection and she said a lot of the the english language is hyperbolic and that she's like that's really all i have to say about it for right now and i was like that's genius that's that's a huge part of what makes this concept so confusing is the different ways that we use it Right. And so I, um, yeah, I just brought this up with Beth and said, I'd love to dive into this. And as, as Beth does, um, she says yes and dives in with uh, uh, an eager excitement to learn and explore and, and be challenged. And, and so there's a few different concepts or um, I'll go with the word container that we can use to understand uh, perfection. Right, it's um, not only does perspective matter, but so does scale, right? As well as, well, what type of language am I using? Is this hyperbole, hyperbole, or am I um, being really serious about what I'm saying? And as I will get more into kind of playing with different ways of discussing this and exploring it, but I, I wanted to start with sharing that 
Like the only thing I really know for sure is that when I claim perfection as now, my whole body settles. Like it's, it's this internal striving for more or what's next and control and this is wrong. All of that just settles because I confidently step in and claim, no, it's perfect. And being this nerd with the nervous system, I know that when I feel so calm and settled and soft, there is space for alternative pathways, for sampling new information, for noticing things that I've never noticed before, because I feel safe. And to me, this practice that really has been introduced because of Beth, of, of claiming perfection is now, I've now been able to link it to what happens in my nervous system. So everything else is contemplation. It's interesting. Some will be opinion based on experience, but that's the one thing I wanted to start with because it's what I can say. I know this for sure because this is my visceral experience on a daily basis. Yeah. So, you know, kind of trying to frame what our definition of perfection is. Uh, that's really all I wanted to kind of put out there to start with is that's what I know. That's what I'm feeling. So Beth, I'm, well, I'm watching my computer screen freeze up occasionally. So how's, is my sound still working? Okay. Yeah. I got you. Good. Okay. I got you. Good. Okay. So I'm curious to hear from you, Beth, um, when it comes to this discussion, this inquiry around perfection, whether it's, how you would define it or, or what you want to start with of, of what you want to say about perfection? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to start with what my teacher said. Um, and then I'm going to move mm. into kind of where it all kind of began for me. Um, and this came up with my teacher about two years ago. Um, and I, I, we were in conversation about some big probably cause and effect and karma or something like that. And I just remember having this moment and we were in a circle and I looked at him and I said, you think people are perfect too. And everybody went silent. And I was like, oh, did I say something wrong? And he just looked at me and he said, if you say so. And then we moved on with the conversation. Which was, I mean, I sat with that for a really long time and it's true. <laughs> if I say so, that's true. That is my reality. Um, so then I kind of had to sit with, mm. well, A, why did I feel so uncomfortable? Why did the room go silent? Like, what, what's the problem? I finally spoke my truth in a room that I thought was safe and it didn't feel safe. So why? What's the problem? And so now I'm going to take you back to kind of where I think the issue started for me um, is, is growing up with a severely disabled sister. Um, and when you have a disabled sister, she's just your sister, period. And then one day you go to school with her and you realize everybody else thinks there's something wrong with your sister. Mm. Everything, the way she looks, the way she talks, the way she dresses, the way she thinks, the way she moves, ev everything. And being a child watching 
every other child, every other child pointing out, making fun of somebody for having all these imperfections was so confusing. It was so confusing. Um, and so I grew up like really almost angry. Like she's perfect. Why can't you see she's perfect? What is wrong with you that you can't see she's perfect? There's no problem with her. Well, you know, Beth, she's never gonna be able to do math like you. Yes, she can. I know she can. I know she can because when I take her downstairs and I spend three hours teaching her math, she can do math. It's that you don't wanna take the time to teach her. To be able to do what you think is going to make her perfect. And so as I got older, that's like the reality I'm walking around in in the world is a whole bunch of people that have, have agreed to this collective consciousness of humans are flawed. And I, I, I'll be honest, it really just totally confuses every single cell in my body, why every single human wants to claim and own the fact that not only are they flawed, so are you, but it's okay you're flawed because I'm flawed too. We're both flawed. Hmm. And it, it just like, it really confuses me. There's very few things that I have been met with more resistance in my life than people who want to tell me why not only are they not perfect, I'm not perfect and the world's not perfect. And it, hmm. it like I said, it's just very, very confusing. A, that not only do you want to claim that for yourself, but the fact you actually want to put that energy on everybody else walking around in the world, mm. you know? And um, the next layer of that I'm going to go into is like, wh why? Why are we doing that? Mm -hmm. I, think, I think it's because as a collective consciousness, several of us are, are separate, have separated ourselves or have been taught to be separate from our spiritual self. And, and our, our spiritual being is in the present moment, perfect. It is a reflection of divine love and light. There is nothing wrong with the present moment. And if you claim there is, then show me one piece of evidence that says that this present moment is not perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I think that that's, you started talking about like, like space and time and like, it, it becomes about achievement. It, perfection becomes something we have to acquire as right. opposed to being something that we are, but then becomes the question of stagnation. Well, then, then we're stagnant. We're not progressing. Well, really? Right. I, I can look back on myself 10 years ago and I am not the same person, but I don't think I'm any more perfect. I don't think I'm any more perfect today than I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago, nor do I think I'm any more perfect 20 years from now. It's just a whole bunch of now moments that are strummed together. And if you're in the now moment, there is no other answer other than for me, you're perfect and I'm perfect. And I can only see you in the same light that I know my truth as. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, that the story that is coming up for me is that one of the first times that I played or that I played that I taught yoga was an interesting word choice when the first time I played yoga uh, it was at a, a family reunion in BC and I was teaching I have a pretty large family I grew up Mormon so when we all get together it's like lots of people 
So early in the morning for these three days, I had said that I would, I would lead a yoga class outside for any of the family who wants to join. And my dad came to, I think all three of them. And on one of the mornings, I, I was saying things along the lines of like, you've got to accept yourself for who you are, right? This, accept this moment, it's, it's all there is, right? What if you are exactly who and where and you know everything that you're meant to be in this moment like just a lot a lot of that is the theme of like just radical acceptance and my dad pulled me aside after and and challenged me on that and and he said you know i i don't know if i agree with this like just accepting things as they are thing that you're talking about and he said you know his worry was that if people are really just accept that this is what it is, that yeah, they'll they'll stop trying. It'll turn into this this passive lifestyle of like, well, I'm perfect, so why try? Or, you know, it is what it is. So I'm just gonna lay back and wait for the universe to come knock on my door and tell me what's next. And uh, similar to the way you described Beth, of like, I sat with this for a long time. Right. It, it, it was a moment where I was like, hey, there's truth in what he just shared, but something's off like that's not the whole truth. And what I realized years later through continued practice and study is, oh, it's non-dualism that I was feeling. We were both right. Right. Yet this incessant fear of passivity or stagnancy or I'm not going to be enough. I won't achieve the things that I need to achieve to be, quote unquote, successful. Like That's a very extreme fear that will lead us into, well, equal and opposite extremes in all different directions. Right. It's the push and pull. If we are really heavy or focused in one area, it's going to throw everything off balance. And, and so that became a, a, a big part of my practice is recognizing that, okay, if I'm going to speak to acceptance and perfection, you're perfect right now. Well, I also need to include, well, what does it mean to be both perfect and adaptable? Right? What is it to be in this place of radical acceptance, yet still acknowledge that I have desires and goals? I do want to achieve things. I'm just not so attached and fixated to these achievements that I think that's all that it is or that's all that there is and that I'll suffer if I don't receive it. Right? That's to me is like nervous system dysregulation. I'm not going to be happy until I get X. Well, what if I don't get X? And what if I get X and it's not what I thought it was going to be? Then what? Right? It, and so it's, it's about recognizing that when we come back into regulation, back into this moment, back into the perfection that is now, well, now I have choice and I have energy and I have possibility all around me. And I can just be so content right here. So every step of my journey now is something that I savor and I enjoy because now is perfect, right? And, and I will say that I think an important part of this journey as well is uh, recognizing what your current beliefs are and knowing that it's okay to slowly make your way into claiming perfection now because that might be quite a leap for some. I know it was for me 
originally when I like I was kind of tracking back my journey of my relationship with perfection. And it started with I must be perfect. Right? Classic perfectionist and always disappointed, always let down because I was never perfect. It drove me crazy. And so then I flipped into, oh, I can, I can be both. I'm perfectly imperfect. And that felt really good for a long time. It did. It was liberating actually to be perfectly imperfect. And only a couple years ago, I slipped into perfection. Striving for, striving for perfection is a negative feedback loop. It's suffering. I had a very strong stance. I didn't like the word perfection. I didn't want to use it. I thought it was wrong. <laughs> it was leading, leading me back into, uh, yeah, it felt initially like it was leading me back to this place before where I had a lot of suffering, right? So I didn't want to use it. And it was through conversations with Beth where it was a little bit like, what, like, what's wrong with claiming perfection? Like she's so charged about it. And I love it because I was like, I need to pay attention to this. There's something here. And, and I have to say in our interactions, there have been moments where I was like, I just don't know. Like I still like this perfectly imperfect. And I still don't know if I want to use the word perfection just because of how misleading it can be. But I honestly can say now, as I, I said in the beginning, that this is, this is a daily practice for me now of just pausing and going, this moment is perfect. And it's just everything. Like, oh, if it's perfect, I can be here. I don't have to refuse reality anymore. Yeah. It My whole body says yes. It frees yeah. you to be. There is no more need for doing. You can be. You yeah. can be a being, a human being. You know, yeah. again, it's not that human doing. It's like the perfection has become attached to a doingness. You know, it's something that we're chasing. We're acquiring something. You know, there's, there's, I wish I remember who said, I don't know the quote, but desire is the source of all suffering. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so like, is that like making perfection something that you're desiring in the future causes the suffering. And I'm, I'm even going to say suffering is perfect. Suffering is perfect. I've been through major traumatic events that I've had to consider. Well, then Beth, is that perfect? Yeah, I do believe if, if I could step back far enough, who am I to say it wasn't perfect? Yeah. I've, I've, her, horrific things have happened that I've been witness to, you know, and nobody would ever think that that was perfect. But years later, I can look back and be like, wow, that happened and that happened and that happened. We all know the butterfly effect right? If you can stand back far enough, who are you to say that it wasn't perfect? It might've been really scary. It might've been really awful. It might've been really dark and filled with shadow, but that doesn't mean it wasn't perfect. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's a, a, another thing that I haven't figured out. And I was um, working with one of my students who's a physician and we were kind of talking about this um, in, in the sense of addiction. And, and she was talking about, you know, she would have one patient who she said, you know, stop drinking. And then he came back three months later and, and she's like, how's it going? And he's like, well, I stopped drinking. And she's like, well, why? Like, what happened? Well, you told me to. She was like, yeah, but I tell lots of people too. They don't stop <laughs> drinking. Like, why did you decide to listen to me? And 
that's that's that piece that I think allows us to keep moving forward and not become stagnant. So what is that? Right? Is it is it just having motivation? Motivation inside of perfection? But is mm-hmm. it then again, is it is it bad? Is it imperfect if we don't achieve as much as we possibly can in this lifetime? And who who's 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 gauging it? Are you ever going to reach the place where you've achieved as much as you decided or someone else decided? Because actually like who's deciding here what's perfect. Mm-hmm. We're letting everybody else tell us that we're not perfect. So then it's like, you need to get everybody else's. Okay. Then give me the level. If I'm not perfect and I'm flawed, tell me what I need to do to get there and write down everybody's answers and figure out how you're <laughs> going to actually achieve. Like it's, it's crazy. Isn't yeah. it? It's a way of like dampening all of our spirits. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have, I'm having a visceral reaction to that of like my whole body is like, oh my God, the idea of having to look at like a list from everybody of like, this is what would make you perfect. And then, okay, I have to achieve that to reach this perfection. It's so unrealistic and impossible that can't possibly be what perfection is. No. Right? No. It's, and, it's, and the- it's. the next question that comes up for me is what are you scared of why are you so scared to say i'm perfect Mm -hmm. you know like i i did i put it on social media today i'm like hey i lost 100 pounds am i more perfect in this picture or this one i got some answers but did people want to actually answer me no it was like well who cares what anybody else thinks well you know we're all it was everything but yes or no you know we don't, we all want to skirt around the issue. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. What yeah. Scared? What are we scared of? What are we scared of? And saying I'm perfect. You have an ego? Because I don't know. I don't think that that is ego. I don't think it's ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. actually the fear covering the gorgeous ball of love and light that you actually are deep inside it's it's that's that's the fear you know so what is it why why don't you want to see yourself what will happen Mm. if you actually claim your perfection yeah you know a, a visual that's coming up for me is in in one of the things i'm studying right now around trauma is you know, what happens in the body in, in moments of severe rupture when something, something bad happens um, and it's overwhelming where we don't feel resourced or supported to be able to process it in that moment that what, what we end up doing is uh, separating from it. It's kind of like fragmenting our being of like, okay, I'm going to let this part of me carry this burden now so that the rest of me can function which thank god we can do that right right? yet what happens is that if we don't come back and repair that rupture years lifetime can go by and that is still stored in our body that fragmentation a part of our body gripping saying no refusing right i can't let go and other parts of you refusing reality, refusing to be able to even feel that or come back into it. So being alive means lots of traumatic moments. And, you know, if you just picture of what that could look like energetically in a body, 
rupture after rupture without any repair. It's like, how fragmented could I be? So that my body is so out of alignment and, and saying no constantly, right? And why I'm bringing this up is because I, my assumption is that one of the reasons why we might be so terrified of claiming perfection is because we're so far from being able to say yes to this moment, because that would mean feeling all of the things that we have been pushing unconsciously much of it, pushing it away, hiding it, avoiding it, putting things on top of it so that we don't have to feel it, right? Claiming perfection means, oh, I'm whole and all of this is me and now, and I'm feeling it and I'm here for it. That's, that's hard work to get to that point. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure there's lots of other reasons why people are fearful of it. But to me, that's what really stands out of like, well, what would it mean to claim perfection? It would mean feeling this moment, feeling. all of it, all of it. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. It is. And, and the most pleasurable thing you'll ever experience. It's both. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just speak to kind of what you were discussing um, and I want to bring it down to a very physical level. Um, and so when we go through a traumatic event, um, like you're saying, your body stores it in you, but your body reacts. And one of the things your body does um, is it wants to take you into the fetal position. It wants to pull you into the fetal position. And so the, the muscle that is responsible for that is your psoas muscle. It connects Mm -hmm. your upper body to your lower body, the major muscle, and it's the front right through the hip flexors. And so you can imagine every single time you go through something stressful or traumatic, that muscle goes into contraction. So you might be able to witness something traumatic and not lay down in a ball in fetal, but that doesn't mean that your muscle, your psoas muscle is not trying to take you there. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's often in a yoga class where we hear yoga teachers say, we store all our emotions in our hips. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm not sure a lot of them really kind of know the, the depth to what they're talking about there. But a big piece of that is the psoas muscle is the muscle of the soul. Yeah. So when you take people deep into their hips, you're literally getting them to release the physical place that they've stored that trauma yeah, to feel it. A big part of the practice that I teach in yoga class is is helping people feel safe to get into an uncomfortable position and stay there long enough to become comfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's that we go from a place of numb and when you take that numbness off and you're willing to actually feel it, the sensation kind of goes through the roof where it's barely even um, something that you can handle. But then if we can stay with it, it comes back down to something that becomes quite enjoyable, actually, mm-hmm. you know, to get into a comfortable split and just hang out there. I can tell you, it does actually start to feel really excellent. Yeah. Hmm. Having created that <laughs> space and gone through the feeling. So again, just taking mm. what you're talking about and bring it down to like a very physical asana practice um, that can allow you to start feeling things in the present moment to understand mm-hmm. there's there's nothing wrong with with feeling the pain in your hip joint there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with you yeah. there's nothing right with you either it's perfect it's a perfect experience yeah. for you to have that 
that you've been granted right now, you know? I think that's the key there, Beth, is the, the staying with it again. Cause I, cause I want to say, yeah, your, your shame is perfect. Your fear is perfect. The, uh, the intensity you feel is perfect. All of it is perfect. And, and really what I'm feeling into is what makes it, brings it into the fabric of reality that is perfect is the willingness, willingness to stay with it, to feel it and actually let it move and transform and amplify and subside. And because we are beings of motion where we're meant to keep, we're in flow, we're moving. So it's these, these locked up emotions, these snapshots in time when we're frozen because of something that was overwhelming and it gets stored, right? So it's, yeah, coming into the physical practice or breath work or any kind of body work movement practice, that's really what we're doing is like, what's stuck? Let's get it moving. Let's get it back into the flow of reality. Right. Because it's perfect. Right. It, you don't have to hide from it. It's perfect. Yeah. And any, I almost find that any reason you feel you have to hide from it is just a reflection of someone else feeling they need to hide from it as well. Yeah. 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 Mm, so good. So good. Okay. Watching the time here. I want to open up the, the floor. So if, if anybody, yeah, if you have a, a question, you want to hear more about something, you have something to add or what's alive in you, you're confused, you're angry, you're tired. It's all perfect. And I want to hear it. <laughs> Hmm. Well, I guess I will, I'll, I could start something on this. Um, yeah. I, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brenna. I am also a yoga instructor, a fairly new one. Um, but the amount of growth and study that I've done um, in, in dealing with the, specifically the term perfection is so mind blowing because <laughs> <laughs> being a perfectionist and I've been a perfectionist my entire life it um I had a father who was a perfectionist my mother was a perfectionist my grandparents were perfectionists it was drilled into me from a very young age and what what you don't realize or what somebody may not realize without having kind of gone down this the path defining your soul and your emotion and everything is that you don't ask those questions as what is, what is perfect. You don't, you don't even think to ask those questions of what is perfect. You just yeah. accept. Yeah. And it wasn't until last year that I actually started asking the questions and accepting that, you know, this, this bar that I'd set for myself my entire life of perfection really was right where I am right now. Yeah. it's right where I needed to be right now yeah. and it continues to be that and I think that drives like my whole world has just changed because of that mm. one realization it's beautiful thank you yeah I love that the just when we get into that place of being curious and noticing right I love that too I'll, I'll notice uh, I've been saying a word quite a bit and I'll just pause and be like what does that even mean or like, I, I keep saying I want to be successful. What does that mean? How will I know when I'm there? What does that actually look like? What would feel good to me? 
right? A, a potent question is so much better than just getting an answer right away. Like there's so much to explore and flesh out with a juicy question. Hmm. I think it's interesting too, how you started with um, discussing how like our language has a lot of hyperbole in it. Yeah. Um, teaching yoga and um, being a yoga teacher that um, teaches verbally, I use very little um, physical touch. It was imperative to me to learn how to use language to help heal people, essentially. Um, and one of the first lessons I got from one of my teachers 10 years ago was um, Beth, words are things. They hold a vibration. If you say a word, you have changed that entire space. Not only do you need to select every single word, you need to decide how much space is between each word. The inflection, the tone. And it became a study in how safe can I make this space mm. with my words? Mm -hmm. Yes? Yoga teachers yeah. have the ability to be sound healers. You can heal people with the words you use. So I agree that a lot of our language is hyperbole. And the majority of our population spends very little time thinking about the impact of the language they're using. Mm -hmm. But I want to say that I think that we can live in a completely different world if people took more time to really fully understand the words that they're using. Yeah. So what does, let's give perfect a definition, you mm -hmm. know, and use it as such. When I say like, I think you're perfect, I'm not, I, I hope, I hope you feel that. I hope you feel that that's really actually what I believe. I don't want you to change at all. I know you're going to, and I'm going to love that change too, but you don't need to do anything right now. You don't need to change anything right now. You know? Mm -hmm. um, mm, thank you. The other one thing that I want to say is um, the, did I, I might've already said, no, I didn't say this. The book um, Raja Yoga um, by Vivekananda, mm. he says, he says, you could be a perfect yogi in six months if you really wanted to. So this is important for a couple of reasons. Number one, I do think that a lot of yoga is the study of becoming perfect. Yeah. And so what happens when a yogi reaches perfection is that they perform samadhi. Samadhi means that they choose to leave their body and they no longer need to come back and do this again. They now go and live with the ascended beings the masters. Yes. Mm. So if, if we take, there's two questions there. Number one is I'm going to ask everybody, do you think it's true? If you wanted to, could you become a perfect yogi in six months? Yes. Anyone have an answer? What do you think? I have a hard time with that question. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I, cause even the way I, it's, well, if we're perfect now, why do I have to study hard for six months to be perfect? Is this a different tier of perfection? And is it becoming perfect or is it merging with the perfect that's already here? Or did you just become perfect in less than six months? Or am I perfect right now? 
right? Like, <laughs> nowhere to go, nothing to do. <laughs> or are we constantly changing the bar because we're constantly learning? Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels, changing. it's a striving. That's, you know, because that's part of what I really don't, what I don't like about that question, that I need to like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of like, I, I get a sense of like, oh, I'm, I have to strive for something perfection is over there again it's that when I get x then I'll be perfect and I don't want to buy into that yeah Tara I was just going to say I did miss a chunk I'm working okay. and doing other things at the same time so I did need oh. to have the headphones off so I've been duplicating but um in response to exactly that um question there Beth mm -hmm. you know the pose of could you be perfect in six months so that will imply to my very low tolerance for ambiguity body that I'm not perfect now and a story mm -hmm. given. Mm -hmm. So for me, that doesn't fit into the way we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. I can use optimal. I can use for today, I am okay. I've done a lot of work, but I know that for me, if I'm not really able to make my response to it, my current definition of it, um, and if it doesn't align, then neurologically, I short circuit myself to varying yeah. degrees, including very, very extreme ones. So, yeah. um, and then holding on to that from the beginning, Marin, as you came in and opened with, um, thank you, but um, that your, you know, your read is on the neurology in your body. How does your body actually respond when different words come up? And for me, I've made a choice to let go of perfect from my definition is what I've done because mm -hmm. I, I, I don't really believe in perfection because that would suggest to me that there's nothing else I'm about, you know, and nothing about else I'm about to do or that sort of thing. I've replaced it with optimal, mm. um, which for me seems to not create the same conflict. Um, I don't really believe in perfection. And as soon as someone tries to tell me I am or they are any of that, I'm going to get into a conflict with it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um doesn't mean i'll stick with that i i tend to bring things back out and re-contemplate them often and re-explore them but it, it, i came onto this one specifically because it is a word that i made a very conscious choice to just release and not use because of yeah. the amount of it would create in me yeah. um so if you gave me a definition of what a perfect yogi would look like with respect to me could i do that in six months I'm going to suggest that there's a very high likelihood I could, but, um, but, but it doesn't sort of, I, I actually, Beth, it, it feels strange compared to what you shared at the beginning of um, how it aligns for you and drops into your body and your psyche and your world, that everything is perfect now and in all moments. And I, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm very responsive to your body. I'll, I would catch you in a minute. I do catch you in a minute. The moment you're not completely present because I respond when someone is completely present there and now. And that's why I come on and practice with you. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I know it in a moment and there's very few instructors my body will respond to quite as well as it responds to you. Mm. Um, and that, that's some of it. It's the perfection of the cues, but they can still get better. So... Mm -hmm. It's an interesting one. I'm enjoying listening to it. Good. Moment, I'm yeah. probably going to keep the word perfect still out of my 
vocabulary because I know it's a really dangerous one for me. I, I definitely have a perfectionism, high performing, self-judging, mm. uh, many patterns that I've been working with now for many years. And, you know, I'm a dramatically different person because of making the call to, um, to work with them. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to switch that for one, one moment. Mm -hmm. I gave, like, I, I think I was pretty clear on what I think perfect is. Yes. Um, and then I spoke to what Vivekananda said mm -hmm. and, and, and so what he meant by a perfect yogi, a perfect yogi would mean that you can perform samadhi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what that really means is that you have that level of control over your physical body that you can choose when you're going to shut your heart down, when you're going to shut your digestive system down, when you're going to shut your lungs down. Yes. So there's nothing outside. It is just you making a decision to shut all the systems down and move on. And so I think that the practice of yoga, the practice of asana starts with just the physical. Can you get your arm straight? Can you see it? Can you get the arm straight? Okay, now that you got the arm straight, can you get the leg straight? Okay, you can get the leg straight. Okay, now let's go to the next level. Can you breathe properly? Because you can't see your lungs. Okay, okay, so let's, you can actually, now you can control your breathing. Okay, now can you control your heart rate? Now can you control your liver? Now can you control your gallbladder? Can you control your brain? Can you control every single system in your body to the point that when you're ready to move on that you can shut those systems down and move on? That would be Vivekananda's ideal. That's what you're reaching for. That's perfection once you can do that. So then mm -hmm. how do I reconcile the two? Mm -hmm. um, is that I personally believe in reincarnation. And I believe that we've all done this a million times. And we have a million more chances. And you're in no rush. You're right on time. And that's how I can reconcile the both. That in the present moment, I believe I'm perfect. And I believe every single one of you is perfect. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fascinating because I'm reacting with it every time. Yeah, I, can, I am, I am I too, Tara. I can separate <laughs> ideal for perfect. That's like I can switch yeah. ideal. Because yeah. for whatever reason, it doesn't create a trigger or any. Because for me, perfect is what you're describing by Vivekananda. That yeah. I can go do that sort of absolute level at the place we're at in the consciousness we're living with this planet this time this now this place that that i can feel is perfect without a conflict um mm. i can use ideal absolutely done a lot of work with the you know perfect time right on time mm -hmm. um work with all of those but yeah i know perfect will be a trigger if you start using perfect in the class you'll watch me start doing this yeah. <laughs> You'll see it in a moment. <laughs> but anyhow. Oh, yes. Thank you, Tara. Yeah, I I um I also like the way you described Tara of like the, the neural um short circuiting. That's what I start experiencing after going through a conversation of talking about perfection as the now. I am perfect now, knowing that when I claim perfection now. It allows me the space and the capacity to choose and to grow and all of it is perfect. It's like the fabric of reality is perfect. And when I merge into that, I'm perfect. I'm, I'm experiencing the perfection that is, right? And so when I then hear 
that that description of you can be a perfect yogi in six months that's where my brain is like wait what like that like I just I have a I have a hard time like I feel I feel confusion in my system with that and I don't I don't like it <laughs> yeah I don't there's something about it that just makes my um my wheels are turning and they're not they're not turning together it's like two different ideas trying to collide and and yeah yeah it's like they're repelling each other and they're um and I know a lot of really beautiful things have come when I sit with that and learn how to hold space for both there's room for both of you this like you're both included neither one is more right or wrong and then it's like pop I go to the next level so I know there's so much important juice in this contemplation. And I just, yeah, I really, I resonate so much with the, the fabric of reality is perfection. And it's that the structure of do X, Y, and Z for six months and you reach perfection. That's what I, mm -mm. uh-uh. <laughs> well, I think that's, and I think that is where we are that's the place we're coming from not necessarily the goal is that that's what creates these perfectionists these people who strive to this high bar yeah and can't ever be content with where they are right now and they can't be content with where they are right now because they can't accept that they are perfect in this particular moment in time they are exactly where they are meant to be how they are meant to be and you have to take the term perfect. I, I had to take the term perfect and I had to break it down. I had to say, I am perfect right here, right now. I am exactly where I am supposed to be. And if I, because if I don't, if I, if I go and I say, like Vivekananda said, you can be a perfect yogi in six months. I am no longer perfect right now and out comes the the tendencies of being perfectionist again yeah that that unachieve that high bar that i can never achieve i can't let myself fall into that because mm -hmm. i worked so hard to get out of it that's the thing that high bar that i can never achieve but i believe you can achieve that if you're trying to achieve something external and there's something external that you want that's going to make you perfect that's where there's an issue it's, it's, it's inside. Again, I'm going to come back to when he's talking about a perfect yogi, he's talking about a human that not only can control the, the range of motion in their joints, but they can change, control their heart rate. They can control their vision all the time, right? Most of us are not controlling our vision. You're not, you don't know what your rods and cones are doing. You know, very few of us are even actually focusing our eyes throughout the day. It's just like we open our eyes and we move through our life. And are you even choosing what you see? Mm. It's not a conscious choice. It's completely unconscious how we're moving through it. Right? So again, when, when we're talking about perfect, like I want to bring it back to what he's talking about. It has nothing to do with external. It's not about getting the best job or the most amount of money or the best looking body or the best gym saying. It's about being able to use to the 100% capacity, everything you've been given, mm -hmm. which we spend actually very little time doing. It's this external search. 
Yeah. Yeah. The words come up for me of like, it sounds it, the way it's like framed in my mind is like, that's to be superhuman, which might actually just be what it is to be human yet because so few of us have ever accessed that we see it as superhuman. Right. So now I'm kind of seeing two potential ways of describing perfection because there's this perfection that is the fabric of this moment, the now, right here, this moment, presence, it's perfect. Right. right. And then it's almost like this is another side to it of like, and then there's also this perfection that you can achieve when you've mastered humanness. Which again, it's not external. It's not like, oh, the beach bod and like everybody loves me and I I always say the right thing. And right. you know, it's it's actually just it's it's so separate actually from all of that. It's about being so present, so in the now that it's it's almost like maybe you merge with the perfection and that's when it's just like upgrade, superhuman. So maybe it is the same thing. Right. 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 Mm. 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 A couple breaths now. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Anybody else have question or a confusion in their system or anything at all? I love watching the wheels turning behind your eyes. <laughs> Mm, yeah. It's like completely accurate about the wheels oh. turning behind the eyes. It's like I can't even comment because I'm just really taking it all in. Mm. So, yeah, thank you. But I can definitely, um, I feel like I identified a lot with what Brenna was saying. And so now it's like integrating everything. I'm like, okay, now how to put these pieces together. And I yeah. don't really have it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's good to sit with it and just see how things are landing and what's connecting to what. And yeah, thank you, Katrina. Yeah, and Scotty. Um, I'm new to anything of the like this with the yoga. So some of the terms you're using are above my understanding, but I get the gist of what you're saying. Hmm. Where I sit here. Um, and struggle with perfection when I've been raised into a certain way with society with the, in your own home where you know you you're not perfect you're not you're not as good as this one or you're not as yeah. good as that one and that comparison that comes in so if you told me ask me if I could be yogi uh, in six months you set a bar too high for me to want to even start because yeah the way that society and within my own environment has raised me, I'll never be good enough, don't bother trying. So when I hear the word perfection, I actually, I actually melt back. I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be seen. I don't wanna be heard. I don't wanna disappear. Mm -hmm. I can't be perfect. I'm not perfect. And I hear mm -hmm. such, such strength in all of you and, and how you see perfection and, and, and in, me, I feel like I've reached the crone age of the, you know, of the witch because I just, I just, 
I just can't ever see that perfection. Every once in a while, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll let go of everything just for a little bit yeah. and I'll have a perfect moment. I'm not perfect, but the moment I'm in is perfect. And as I move towards those, I'm, I'm trying to get more and more of those, but that, that, that perfection that you guys have or see is just beyond my comprehension at this time in my life. And I'm so glad that you're opening it up to just statements, questions or whatever, because I don't know if I'll ever, I don't know how to get to that place because of all of those places I needed to hide as a child yeah. and, 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 and breaking, you said to sit there and just, you know, feel everything. I'd probably explode. Like there's mm -hmm. a big mess everywhere yeah. and, and I'm afraid of it. Yeah. And so perfection for me is fear. If that, yeah. and, and you actually said that I'm back here. What are you afraid of? What, what, you know, I don't know. I'm afraid that when I get to perfection, it's still not going to be good enough. Like, yeah. What is my perfection for myself based on what other people expect from me? So it's just this whole weird world mm -hmm. um, that I don't understand yet. I want to, I want to get there. I'm yeah. here. Step one. Yoga um, but for me, I can't imagine being you or Beth. I'm just sitting here going, oh, it's like, it's magical. It's all I got. It's, it's like, the, the, it's magic. And I want to be there someday. So I, I will try. And if you tell me I'm perfect right now, I'll probably burst into tears. So just take that thought. <laughs> you can think it and project it. No, no, no. <laughs> Because uh, yeah. it's fear for me. And, and, and like you said, in the what am I afraid of? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm afraid of, but I am very afraid. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I love you. Mm. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I want to tell you is that that perfect moment you had perfect moment I believe you were the creator of that moment hmm. and all it takes is practice to start stringing some of those moments together yeah okay yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try yeah. and and Scotty I want to add as well one of one of the things that's been really helpful for me and I'm oh I'm so quick to overwhelm I, my nervous system was so dysregulated for so, so many years uh, that I, I totally get it. That some things it's like, I can't even go there because I will shut down. I get it. Mm -hmm. And I am so just sitting in admiration of you right now mm -hmm. for sharing that and just being like being perfect in that moment of sharing what you struggle with. Yeah. And the one, so what I wanted to, to add on top of that is that one of the kind of little contemplations that's been really helpful for me in those moments is, is, is it's similar to what um, Brennan was saying of just like a question, right? So to just bring in like when you, when perfection, that idea comes in to just 
kind of turn towards it and even just acknowledge it with it's it's not what I think it is. Hmm. Right. Right. Because that's a big part of it is yeah, these these programming, um, these blueprints, these things that were just drilled into us growing up, we're not even aware often of what this scaffolding is that we're moving through life and these lenses we're perceiving things through. And and sometimes just to be able to bring that in makes it so it's not as overwhelming. I'm not turning towards the fear and charging into it and like, here I come, like, I know what's on the other side. Like, I've tried that. It also doesn't work. It's extremely <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> so instead, it's just that little bit of like, I'm just going to be open to the idea that it's not what I think it is. And suddenly there's a little bit more space where it's like, oh, I don't need to know what it is. I don't need to figure it out. I just know that it's not what I think it is. And that gives me a little bit of space. Okay. Okay. I like that. Yeah, good. Like that. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, we're um, getting, we're at that time uh, of potentially concluding our call. So I'll just kind of open it up if anybody has any last thoughts, questions, anything at all. Um, I just have a, a, a comment on, I might not really understand the words perfection in words, but mm. actually I, I feel like I feel it in my body mm. um, in best class, in so many <laughs> classes, one after the other, and I actually feel myself in perfection mm. for so many moments in so many classes. And, and that that feelings can't describe in words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I just live with it. I just like I feel joy. I feel I feel really good with that kind of feelings. And I hope you understand. It's beautiful. Just one more wee thing mm -hmm. with um, in like Sue said in Beth's class, I was I. I tipped over like three times but it was in that moment of tipping over three times I wasn't angry or disappointed I felt joyful I felt I could this is this is good and I think that kind of thing I wouldn't call perfection it might be but for me that was joy you know just the tipping over and falling and making a mess myself on the floor was one of the best moments I've had in a really long time. And that I think is weird. So it's like, <laughs> you said, I can't explain it. It's just, it just is. It just mm -hmm. is in the present moment now, you know, with yourself, acceptance of yourself. There's no need to judge yourself inside of your practice. You know, it's, you can be child, childish, childlike. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's an opportunity, you know? <laughs> indulgent yeah. it's mm. um yeah i feel lucky to practice with all of you each time you know to be able to to do to do this and to meet you all because you're all in different places <laughs> you know so to be able <laughs> to meet with you and and practice is it's um it's a perfect blessing i think <laughs> i actually just had this like crazy thought come to me as i was listening to you guys speak and i think a lot of the disconnect and why I couldn't link it and how 
like it wasn't making sense to me. I think I often confuse the term perfection with mastery. And mm. what Scotty was just saying about tipping over, but it was still like perfect in that moment. That's really what it's about. It's about accepting yourself right there and not trying to master everything. And that. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for bringing that in. That was such a, that's Why good. Just yeah. like more. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Thank you, everyone. What a what a gift this was. You know, I have to say, I, Beth and I meet. We plan to meet thirty minutes before these um, before these calls because generally there will be something that comes up. And there was a big thing today. We couldn't even get into Zoom until like ten minutes before. And I, Beth, Beth was Beth was doing all the technical pieces, and I was just kind of probably being a little annoying, just giggling, being like, it's perfect, Beth. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it's perfect though. I'm like, oh my God, it's, I know, but still I want to get in the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm just feeling, yeah, such a beautiful um, journey tonight was. And yeah, I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for being here tonight and just showing up and being honest and open. And I just, another experience for me to, to feel what it is um, to just collaborate and be open and share and see how we uplift each other. And, and so I'm just feeling really honored and grateful, as I said. So uh, some last words here, uh, Beth and I are doing this every other Thursday. And our next discussion is going to be on judgment. <laughs> uh, yeah, we want to get into, I've got some specific things around like, well, what's the difference between being humble uh, and confident? Or like, how do we, how do we bring both of those in? What's that balance look like? And uh, for me, judgment has been a big part of my journey of just noticing it and getting really curious about it and always turning that finger right back to myself like oh this is about me something right so so I'm really excited to dive into that uh challenging yet uh profound conversation that we'll be able to get into and uh this recording will be available on the supersede platform as well as the last episodes that we've recorded so far and also on my podcast the ABCs to live your dope life uh, this is season three of my podcast that we have kind of combined our passions. Uh, so if you want to listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you'll find it there as well. And yeah, if, uh, if you have a concept or a topic or a curiosity or something that's just that like question that keeps popping up for you, please let us know. It's something that we would love to be able to converse with you about and bring into these conversations. So yeah, your curiosity is so welcome here. Uh, so thank you, everyone. Uh, Beth, anything from you? I have two things. Um, yeah. I want to make sure everybody knows that Marin teaches yoga nijam on Sunday mornings at mm -hmm. 9 a.m. PST. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know yoga nijam, um, 
to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about, um, she is she is a healer with her voice as well. Hmm. So it's an opportunity to spend an hour um, and allow her to guide you on a, on, on a journey of healing. Um, and you just lay on your back and let her take you on the journey. Yeah. The one Thank the you, Beth. Wanted, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift to participate mm-hmm. in her class. And there is the 24-hour replay, but there is, as you all know, being here participating us right now, there's something different about being live and exchanging that energy in the present moment with someone. Um, and then I just want to note that we just laid down a, a day to discuss Raja Yoga by Vivekananda as the supersede group. So if you're in supersede, that's included in the platform. That will be August 22nd at 7 p.m. PST. Um, so if you want to get the book and enjoy the conversation with us, um, don't let it intimidate you. It's a short book, um, but it's heavy. Like there's a lot to go through. Um, so you, you don't need to feel like anything other than I just want to participate and start to understand the layers of what's happening in the book. So if you want to dive more into that six-month quote I brought up, the opportunity will be at the end of August. Amazing. Thank you. Mm, all right. Well, with that being said, good night, everyone. Thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You can find me on social media at Dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-E, or check out my website, www.dopamine.com. Bye for now. Thank you.